From our WFUV studios in the Bronx, New York, it's the Pick and Pot. Drop us a voicemail at 347-903-WFUV. Now, here are your hosts, Kenny Ducey and Matt Rosenfeld. Steph Curry coming to the Garden tonight. Over, under, 45, no, 50 points. Over, under, 50 points. That's a big topic today. Is that the over, under? Is that it? I, no. I was going to set it at 42. That's a little high. That's a little high. That's a little, I mean, he could drop 60, though. I would set Maybe. it at 40 points. I don't know. It's the Pick and Pod on February 28th, 2014. Kenny Ducey across from Matt Rosenfeld, Kevin Kelly joining this episode on the phone. Kev, what's up? Oh, not much, guys. It's good to uh, be joining you from this remote location. Yeah, we don't want to tell you where he is. Wherever you know, wherever he is, he's always with us, uh, talking about basketball and texting me when Monte Ellis is scoring. Actually, no, it, it was him. But then Marshawn Brooks, I think, the other night. Yeah, his first Marshawn ga- Brooks, I told you, in his yeah. first game with the Lakers, went seven for eleven from the that field. Was, after you had said he wasn't going to be good with the Lakers, and well, Tony couldn't do anything with him. At, well, like, yeah, I did say that, but I, I really still love Marshawn Brooks. But you said he would like develop him into. Is he going to develop him into a legitimate scoring option or something yeah. like that? Yeah, I, that's, no, I, don't I think, think so. that was actually the exact uh, phrase I used. Yeah, yeah, because who else is taking those shots? Yeah, dude, I'm, <laughs> I still, I'm, I always, I'll always love Marshawn Brooks because he just scores the basketball so well, and like that's. I mean that that's because that's all I do. Like so, I can just like hit a bunch of shots from deep, but then I can't play D or. So you're like your defensive rating. Like, you give drive. up like one twenty five per one hundred possessions. Yeah, I'm just a complete like I'm just relying on the interior defense, which is never there. That's, yeah, no, that's I understand. I understand that. Life. Um, speaking of you know just kind of defense that isn't there, the Knicks uh, get smoked last night by the the Heat. We'll oh, leave it smoked by the Heat. Great, yeah. great pun. We'll yes, we'll start it right there. Um, they got beaten. They got beat 66-36 to 36 in the paint last night. In the three games they've played against them, it's been 166-108 in the paint heat. Uh, the big lineup clearly working. And just a struggle for them to... They, look, there was a five-point game at the half. They yeah. were looking decent. Pablo Prigioni got hit in the face by Norris Cole. And then LeBron wore a black mask. There was LeBron's a lot mask going was on. Awesome. There was a lot going on, but not a lot of that was the Knicks not making shots. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot of what was going on. Yeah, major issue. I mean, it's interesting that they get outscored so much in the paint when you look at the Knicks and, you know, Tyson Chandler's supposed to be solid, and then the Heat aren't supposed to have real great post scores other than, you know, when LeBron gets in there. That, that's just like your cue to talk is when we just, like, just run out of things to say about the game, Kev, I guess. No. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, um, Carmelo, again, another good game. He said a couple games ago, uh, you know, when I was there earlier this week, that you know, is it going to be worth it anymore to score 40, 44 oh, points? That's just oh, that's such a bad thing to hear. I know. Is he, it going to be worth but, it anymore? I mean, he did say, you know, right after that, you know, but I'm going to keep doing what I do. But it's still this, you know, you hear. And, but, and I mean, as soon as the reporter asked, you know, he asked him, Carmelo, you know, you're you're scoring 40. As soon as he started saying you're scoring 44 points, you know, and losing, he was like. He just said pointless. Pointless. That's what he said twice. Oh. Pointless. Well, I mean, it's literally wait, it is we, pointless we, for him to score that should much. Should we look at it like he's he's fed up with his awful teammates, or should we say it as he doesn't care about his 44 points? He wants to win. I don't really know how to see that quote. Well, he told us walking out, um, I'll take 10 points in the W. He cares about well, the win would hope over that's his what individual mean. scoring you, Yeah, I, I assume that's what he means. Hopefully you know? he would say that, yeah. I mean, if, if you're any kind of team player, anybody would say that. Right, um, and you know clearly he is, and clearly he cares about the team, and uh, the team, speaking of which, did come to him to mention, he said, the names of Earl Clark and Shannon Brown, whom the Knicks signed. Is Jimmer Fredette next up? 
No. No, he's not. See, now here's what, here's what I would do. I would cut um, Bob, um, Robert Silverman mentioned this to me on, on Twitter, which is an inter- actually an interesting idea now the more I think about it. Um, Go ahead. Because he said I'd cut Cole Aldrich to sign Jimmer. Uh, Cole Aldrich is not getting a lot of burn. It'd give Jeremy Tyler more minutes. The only As guy a last not- resort, you could play Stoudemire at five, which I know that everyone hates Stoudemire. And he's, I think, over his past three games, like negative sixty-eight or something. He's, he's terrible. Um, at plus minus. He's terrible. But on I mean, him or like even Kenyon Martin in a small kind of lineup, you could play at the five when he's healthy again. Well, I, th- I mean, the point is, you, you can- have a couple of guys who can play five. You're not using Cole Aldridge. Exactly. That's what it comes. Go out and yeah. get him for In my opinion, is you're cutting somebody that doesn't play at all for yeah, someone that can really, someone that can really help. Yeah, last night he didn't play a single minute, and I think I like that move, actually. And he wouldn't really be freeing up many minutes for Tyler, but I want to see Tyler get some more run as well. Um, I, I agree. And Terry uh, Murray has played very good defense. Um, the the three-point percentage of opposing teams has gone way down with Murray on the floor this year. Again, in, in, in very, um, very small doses. I, I think 20, 245 minutes in total this year he's played. So, yeah, it's a small sample size, but I think he's done enough on defense to earn maybe, like, three minutes, like, more well, tonight or something like no, that. No, that's definitely the Against the guy like Steph Curry, you don't want to go for a, a career-high 56. You that's know, the you, just pro- went. you know, you prove yourself in small dosages, and then you get you get bumped up for fewer minutes. See if you can extend it. But you know who did get extended minutes yesterday? Raymond Felton and Tim Hardaway Jr., oh my goodness. who were combined three for 22. Because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, 60... Hardaway had an awful game. He was a negative 35. I've never seen a player who is, I mean, admittedly a decent scorer play so, he had open looks. He was just missing time and time again. And you got to almost appreciate his shooter's mentality. He was on to the next one every time. Every (laughs) next brick. from behind the three-point arc. (laughs) And he just kept doing it. I mean, there there is a point where you have to cut back on Tim Hardaway Jr.'s minutes. I was saying this on Twitter, I think, yesterday or, or two days ago. You look at the guy's defensive numbers and just, I mean, not even defensive numbers because it's hard to quantify uh, a player's defense with statistics, but just the amount of points they're giving up with him on the floor is not good. And, um, you know, I mean, he had the, the well, outside of Stoudemire actually was a negative 75 net last night, which was just atrocious, but he was a negative 54, Tim Hardaway. Um, but, you know, you just look at um, the, the fact that you put him out there, right? You're not putting him out there. You're you're already putting him out there with a defensive liability. If he's out there with the starters, there's Raymond Felton's defensive liability. Um, there's always going to be someone out there with him that's def- that's liable on defense. So yeah, there's always two out of five players that you can't count on defensively. Right, and generally when Hardaway's in there, it's with Jr. and and Felton. I mean, that's kind of like because he's sort of the sixth man for this team. Yeah, he is. The so sixth he'll kind of right. So he'll kind of come in for Prigioni, and that'll be that'll be the three guards. Those are three awful perimeter defenders. Clearly, the three worst perimeter defenders on the Knicks. You can't put them all out there at the same time and expect guys not to keep drilling threes down your throat. Uh, it's ridiculous. No, I completely agree. And you see that he's getting. I don't. You know, I'm a big Tim Hardaway fan, but he's getting more minutes than guys like you know J.R. Smith, and he's getting obviously he gets more minutes than Pablo, who's I was happy to see play 25 minutes last night, but he's not ready for that, and that's not how you develop a guy who could turn into a pretty good player in the league. Well, it's not only about developing, I, I think, because you hope that the defense will come in, in a couple years. I mean, but that's not why. He, you, right now, um, you are supposed to be 
whether or not you are is a different question. You're supposed to be fighting for that eighth spot in the East. You're supposed to be fighting for a playoff spot, maybe even the seventh or sixth position. If God forbid you put together, um, you know, ten wins out of your next twelve or something like that. I mean, that would put you in great position. So you look at what they're doing right now, and, and you're just trying to win games just any way you can. If you're the Knicks, you're not tanking. There's no draft pick that's going to be available for you. So, you know, I see why you're playing this young guy who can score the basketball. But And I, look, I, I do like the fact that he's a confident shooter. He takes a lot of shots. That's important as a shooter to keep taking shots like that. But his defense is, outside of Amari Stoudemire, I think he's the worst defender and on the New York Knicks. to go right back to your point, he's playing all those minutes when you give him, take away five of those minutes. Give him to somebody like Tory Murray. How about give him to Shannon right, Brown, or Earl Clark, or Jeremy Tyler? Only played seven minutes there are, again. Play there a are small people, lineup. There are people that can go get those or minutes from him. There are people that can get some minutes from Tim Hardaway without with it only being a positive because Tim Hardaway doesn't need thirty-four minutes. You know, he's not that kind of player yet. Right. Yeah, I think as the season progresses, I think we're going to see Brown getting a lot more minutes. Like he's just got to get comfortable. I, I think, think so too. I think that's a great point. I mean, he. He showed last night that he could he could actually help in in you know limited playing time, but you give him twenty minutes a game and he gives you something dynamic that the Knicks really are lacking right now. Yeah, and I think that I agree that it's going to be Shannon Brown over Earl Clark for the minutes. Although I mean you know Clark could sneak in there, but I think that they're probably more likely to trust Shannon Brown. And also um, before we get off of the Knicks here, because you know we have to mention Raymond Felton who was one for seven. You know him and Hardaway obviously combined three for twenty two. But, you know, the gun charges, and he says they're not going to be a distraction. And then he says, after the game, there was a lot on my mind, but I'm not going to make an excuse, you know. That's which, an excuse. Which, by the way, is a very Knicks thing to do. Um, <laughs> after he said it wasn't going to be a distraction, he says, oh, there's a lot on my mind. Right, right, yeah. But, I mean, it's that's something that's happened with the Knicks all season is they'll they'll – you know they'll make an excuse and then they'll say, but not to make excuses. Like yeah. Mike Woodson's guilty. A, a lot of guys are guilty of it. A lot of guys in in the league and in, in sports general, and yes. life in general are excuse right. makers in right. that way. Oh, you know my shoulder was hurting me, but that's no excuse. Exactly. You know? It's you know. Well, you just made an excuse. And we've all done that kind of thing. Right. It's, I do it all the time. I don't see how a guy potentially facing jail time for for some domestic issues that are not they're no joke. They are serious. How that could not be a distraction to not only you but your entire team. Right. I mean, domestic issues that brought a gun into the mix. That, like, not that's... for the first time either, which is even scarier. Like, he wields his gun in his house to throw. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> wields his I was going to throw that in again if he did. <laughs> yeah. Because I, you know, you can say it's about on the court as much as you want. But like the these are your the guys that you're with 24 hours a day. Like I don't understand how you could think it's not going to be a distraction, Raymond. I know, and the fact that there was a, well, there were a lot of articles written about things that people were saying, and, and Raymond Felton and his wife, and um, so, and it was a funny point made. Uh, I think someone on Fox was saying like, okay, well, you know, the legal analyst was saying that she might have put Raymond Felton's job in jeopardy by doing this, so she might lose money. Uh, yeah, was, Mike Lupic has said that too. It's such yeah. a great point. Like, what good does he do her in jail? He's not making her any money. Right, but the the funny part about that was like he was putting his own job in jeopardy by sucking at point guard. Like he sucked at point guard. <laughs> like that's he was that could make the money though. That's true, but I mean, I, I mean, that could lose he you. Keeps your getting job. them checks. Yeah. He is always getting them checks. In the words of Jalen yeah. Rose, keep getting yeah. them checks. Always getting them checks. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's a really weird situation with him. It does really look like he's going to continue to, um, 
be the point guard for this team throughout the year. Obviously, they're not going to have him next year. He's, no. I think he's most likely going to, you know, just by reading the laws and reading some of the stuff out there, I did actually go through the laws. And I, um, the judge, the way they have discretion, they can limit it to under a year. If they think that jail time is too harsh for this, they can limit it to, like, under a year. I don't think there was anything in there about no jail time, but they well, could certainly, like... Well, if you just think back, you know, even if you haven't researched this, if you think back to a guy like Plaxico, gun laws in New York, are they're right. no, they're no, they're no joke tough. at all. No, well, it's it's a minimum two years, yeah, unless the judge rules that, or in the court rules that, okay, that's too harsh for this scenario. Well, we can come to a conclusion that it's not going to be, he's not getting off scot-free because he's Raymond right. Felton. The thing about Plaxico is his gun actually fired, like, in New York City. Right. I know he shot himself, but that was a problem, too. Well, yeah, and then you look back at Gilbert Arenas, and that was in an NBA arena. But, you know, with Felton, I mean, it was loaded. I mean, it was a loaded gun. I mean, I'm no one to speak about the gun laws in New York because I don't know them for anything. But just going off what you hear around just being around New York all the time, they don't take guns very lightly, and Raymond is going to fall victim to that. Yeah. Um, before we get off the Knicks, because I think it's it's been a lot about Raymond Felton, and it's it's kind of sad um, to, for people to just keep hearing about it because they well actually not really because I think some people don't want Raymond Felton to to play, but I I still don't feel good about no I, yeah. I don't I don't that's either. a twisted viewpoint for sure yeah no I, but I mean there are certainly people who saw this as kind of a blessing in disguise, but I personally I mean I it's, no, it's tough to say that there. about another man's life, you know. Yeah, they're out there. Um, but it's just some stats out here that I want to talk about before we we continue. Um, just something that I was looking up today uh, or yet last night. Carmelo, uh, Carmelo's mid range game. He he's taking thirty nine percent of his shots from mid range. Um, or last year he took thirty nine percent of his shots in mid range. This year forty four percent. And four percent of it, four percent less of his shots are coming from three. So his field goal percentage is up. I'll give him that. But he's taking more mid-range shots, which is generally not, not a good. recipe for success. And it's really, again, it's hard to get on Carmelo. And it was a lot with a lot of hesitation that I tweeted that. But um, I mean, if he just stepped back and took, you know, those threes instead of twos, it, it would be a lot even more you, effective. Even yeah, even if you miss a few of them, they're three balls. They're worth more. They're they're a better shot selection than a mid-range jumper. I mean, it's the most inefficient shot in basketball. Yeah, and as yeah. We, uh, yeah, as we know, and it's not something I want a guy like Carmelo, who's a very good three-point shooter and a very good near-the-rim guy, taking those shots. Yeah. Yeah, the advanced stats show that you don't want to take the long two. Like, as, like as few as possible is the best thing you can possibly don't tell, do. Yeah. Don't tell Portland that. Yeah, and that's why, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, they, they lead the league in uh, in 15- to 19-foot jumpers, it's, actually. And they don't. They throw caution to the wind. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I, that's that's why Andrea Bargnani is such, an, is such a valuable player, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get off of the Knicks and talk about the Nets here for a sec, fellas, because they also had um, a game last night, and it was a little more interesting. Well, not more interesting. It wasn't really interesting, but it was... Interesting for the fact that it was a blowout from the get-go against the Nuggets. Which, with all due respect to the Nets, coming on the second second part of a back-to-back, they have been between awful and god-awful this year. And to see them come out in the first quarter and basically win the game... We beating the Nuggets twenty nine eight in the first quarter, it's it's encouraging. You know, Darren Williams played another great game. It's encouraging to see their stars starting to play like stars because, like I heard I heard on the broadcast a few times, you hear people around the Nets say it all the time. They're a scary team when they decide to play to their potential. 
Yeah, it's especially at the end of a road trip like this. I think that was the last of the seven, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, last of seven oh. in Denver at altitude. To come out and play a game like that is impressive. I think they have one more. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, they're going to Milwaukee. Milwaukee, and oh, then Milwaukee. they come back. They come back on Monday. Okay. I forgot. It's so easy to forget about the Bucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, um, you look at just everything – Everything going out, uh, going Nets way, the, the the Nets way last night. Darren Williams, twenty six minutes. It was only three for seven, but he played twenty six decent minutes last night. Well, he only had to play twenty six minutes. You know, they were so effective so early right. that a lot of, they they were able to rest their guys on the second end. Of Marcus the Thornton lived last night. He was alive. And he was alive. Seventeen minutes. You got Marcus to, Teague too. Anytime you could see the new the new guys and the young guys getting some minutes, it's always a good time. But Marcus Thornton, we're gonna see coming up. They got the Bulls at home, and then they got the Grizzlies. Those are better defensive teams than they've faced previously. It's gonna be fun to see if these, not Marcus Teague so much, but Marcus Thornton, can score when they need him to score because that's why they got him. I want to see Marcus Thornton. I was gonna say I wanted to see him starting at three, but he's six four. I don't think he could. No, he can't. But I, I want to see him getting more minutes than Allen Anderson. Well, Livingston played well last night. He was good. So you don't want to take away minutes from him, too. Right. Well, it really depends on what... I just what don't kid. like Allen Anderson. That's well, the point. The thing is, he plays the three, and he has the size for the three. Right. Stretch four, so not so much as Marcus Thornton does. Well, well Shumpert's like 6'5", and they'll run him out there in the th- at the three in a small lineup. Yeah, but that really hasn't worked, you know? I'm, I don't know how the Nets' philosophy is. I don't know. Well, and they've been they've they've been doing well in the small lineup with Garnett at the five and Livingston oh, yeah, and that's Williams. Their, at, that's their by far their best right. defensive lineup. But I think with Livingston in that spot rather than Allen Anderson, who is more of a he knows his role. He's a shoot. actually yeah. He only got twelve minutes last yeah, night, he, so the minutes are decreasing for Allen Anderson, which is good. It's don't, good because I think as you decrease his minutes, his efficiency and his shots will go up, and he'll really provide what you want from a guy like Allen Anderson rather than extended minutes. And. um yeah, I mean, looking at Sean Livingston, his last couple of games have been, well, this year in general, he's shooting 46% from the field, which is which is awesome. And, yeah, I mean, he's 6'7", he's got the length. To, he's yeah. also got ridiculously long arms. Yeah, what you can't, exactly, I was just <laughs> going to say, what you can't measure is that when he's trotted out there with Alana, with Darren Joe, Paul, and Kevin Garnett, it's, it ends up being just this long lineup that your threes and your fours, they can't get comfortable because Sean Livingston's long arms are in your passing lanes. And he's the, he's got in a number of... Steel dunks and blocks this year that you really can't you can measure on the stat sheet, but it really doesn't speak to how w- well he's playing on defense. Yeah, and eight assists last night too to go along with eight. I was going to say yeah, he's dishing the ball well. Yeah, he's he's really passing it around well. I mean that's really what more like what he brings. Um, Jason then, Collins got his first points last night. Yeah, I was about to mention that you got you got the uh, bucket and then one of two free throws, and you know he's it's, it's he's in we his we like haven't, old, we haven't Given the NBA or just the Nets, I guess, props for signing Jason Collins, bringing the first openly gay player into the NBA. So good it, for the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to see. And I'm really hopeful that Jason Collins can give the Nets a, a nice big, some big man depth that they, they kind of need. Right, because, like, who else was there to there, sign? There was no one. I mean, it was like Louis, uh, is it Louis Amundsen? Anm- Anm- no, Edmondson? He, the fact that you can't say his name, he wasn't an option. No. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> well, between All right, Davis, well, but yeah, Collins is a that's good just option. my incompetence. But it was okay. Glenn, no, it was Glenn Davis or it was Jason Collins, and I think they made that clear from the beginning. And while Glenn Davis is the more productive player of late, he's younger, gives you a little more energy, Jason Collins has proven he can, he can provide those seven to ten minutes that you need from a backup big man and not be totally incompetent. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, they. I kind of like what the Nets have going right now. I, I, me too, and I kind of get overly excited about it, but they have a team that is really, really diverse and can be really... Hey, that's like the perfect word to describe it, is diverse, because you have... <laughs> Or diverse, because you have Garnett and Pierce, like the vets. Darren Williams, who doesn't really, I guess, care anymore, but he's pretty good. <laughs> he's Sean very Livingston, good. He's just... the, like the guy who's got the redemption, you know. Every, the rede- the, every broadcast ever will speak to about his injury and right, his redemption. Right, trying to redeem himself or whatever. You know, you got seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson. Seven, you're right. Always good to have a seven-time All-Star. Then you got AK-47's done who really well. I can't speak to him en- about him enough. Right, it doesn't what show he does the stat. Right. What he does for a team. And then Blatch is one of my favorites. Blatch. Blatch, point Blatch, everyone loves Blatch. He's a guard. He, you know, he brings energy and he scores for, he scores at the, at the, you know, the stretch four and Mirza Toledovic and same right. I mean, they just they have depth at forward. They have Livingston, of- D- Darren Williams, and Marcus Steele. I mean, Marcus Steele's kind of the third guy, but they have Livingston there who can also earn the points big. Marcus Thornton now is an outside shooter at the two. I mean, it's. Marcus decent right now. I don't know how Marcus Thornton's going to do, but he could potentially be huge. Like we said, he's taking Anderson's minutes down, and if he can, if Thornton can play even like a speck of right. defense, goodbye, Alan just Anderson. a speck of defense, you won't see much Allen Anderson, and you'll see a Nets team that scores a lot more, which is something they need because their defense has crossed my fingers, been there, been able to stop teams like the Warriors and the Clippers, and they they have a lot of potential. I don't know if they'll fulfill it, but they have it. Yeah, even earlier in the year when they were really struggling, I still had high hopes, and I knew that the East was so bad that they could find a solid playoff spot, and they could really give somebody trouble in the playoffs. Well, the, well I, I believe they're tied for the six, seven or six spot. Yeah, the six spot with the Bobcats right now, and they're about four and a half out of third with Toronto. Kid said today on Mike Lubica's show that they're they're still they're gunning for the Atlantic. I I thought that was obvious, but and they're not afraid of anyone in the East, and I don't think they should be because I think I've said it before on the podcast. This Nets team is the only team in the East that I would think can even take the Pacers of the Heat past five games. Yeah. That's interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they'd have a better shot against the Heat, to be honest. I don't know what it is. I, no, I, I agree with you. Something extra in those games. Oh, yeah. They've beaten the Heat, and you know Paul and Kevin Garnett are gunning for the Heat every time they yeah. see him. And hey, uh, Nets with the eighth-best defensive rating in the NBA since J- uh, January 1st. Oh, so, they, yeah. yeah. Just look that up. So they, the that's not bad. There. Getting stops is huge. They, yeah. In the playoffs, if they keep that up, then that, they could go make a little bit of a run. No, it, it, it's it's really big they for play, them. Yeah, they play a, they play a nice playoff-style slow-down ta- slow down basketball, and it's something that— Looking the, over your shoulder. Sorry, I had to inform the listeners. <laughs> it's something that lurking. It's something that translates to the playoffs, and it it's encouraging because it teams that are usually you know more up tempo, more free flowing, have to slow it down in the playoffs. All right, buyout score. Time for buyout time. It's time for that. Whatever didn't really flow it's that buyout time. It's buyout time. There you go. Uh, Danny Granger picks the Clippers. That's who he wants to sign with. Obviously, he still has to clear waivers. Um, the Spurs, the Rockets, the Heat, the Mavericks, they wanted him. This is kind of cool. I mean, he'll what, take Jared Dudley's minutes? Is that what it'll be? I mean, he'll take like maybe 15 minutes because he said he wanted guaranteed playing time. So maybe they said, okay, we're willing to give you him his not minutes. play Jared Dudley and give you his minutes. I mean, is yeah, that... they reportedly guaranteed it to him that he's actually, because that's the only re- way he was going to sign with the team. It's and then he worried about thing. that going to the Spurs. Cool. I, would the really, team. I would really love to hear how Jared Dudley got that information. <laughs> translate to him. Uh, it's the smart move for the Clippers. You know, Granger coming in is a great player. To play. He could play with Paul probably no problem. He'll probably cherish the point guard that Paul is. 
and he's a much better scorer, or he has been when he hasn't been injured, much better scorer than Dudley. And it's kind of scary. I The Clippers might be cross uh, knock on wood. Remember, I, remember who picked them to win the finals or to go to go to the finals. Did you? Yeah, I didn't. Well, now I'm against them. I said the Heat would win. Yeah, I'm going to be against them as well. Oh man, I said the Heat would beat the uh Clippers, the Clippers in the finals. Wow, you still went the Heat. Well, let, let's stay on the West Coast, but the, yeah. do you really think the Clippers are going to be the West team to beat? I mean, I like I'm going to stick I mean, I'm going to stick with my with to my guns here. Yeah, but all right, being totally sub- objective, you like them over the Thunder right now? No, so but I'm gonna. Why keep not? Why pick. not? Well, you look at what the Thunder have to offer scoring wise. You know, I love Jeremy Lamb. You yeah, know, Russell Westbrook's a great number two to Kevin Durant. Durant's obviously right now the front runner for MVP. Um, they have, they just have, they have like kind of the depth bench wise. Reggie Jackson's been very good. Cephalosha's kind of there. I mean, sometimes I, I, <laughs> I, I like their team. I do. Stephen Adams has been pretty good down low. I mean, I, they're really complete. And Derek Fisher, of course, for some reason, stopped shooting air balls all the time, which is cool. Yeah, they're on a little losing streak right now, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're having a little trouble adjusting to Westbrook. But, but then still, again, everybody who thinks that's the issue right. is oh, stop. Today, right, they need to stop. Everyone everyone yeah. saw today they were talking team chemistry on Sports. Oh, my goodness. We, we were on this bandwagon a week ago saying the people that I think – I forget, I think it was – it might have been Dan Devine we were talking to. Du- Jared. Or Jared Dubin, where he was like, this is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. He's one of the top ten players in the league. How can he make them worse? Yeah. And we you know, we all smelled it out that this was coming, but they'll get back on track. No, of course. I mean, they just need to adjust to who's going to take the shots. And, you know, just, I mean, it's a new guy in the lineup who hasn't been there for a while. But I mean, that would natural. be, that would be a tremendous matchup. You know, yeah. I'm just thinking. Oh, I'm, but the Clippers and the Thunders would be yeah, unbelievable. I'm thinking Thunder about the matchups that you'll see and, You'll just get Westbrook, Paul, and just a oh the point guard. Oh, oh my goodness, I love the point guard. Um, uh, by the way, Granger. I mean, you look at his PER in 2011, 2012 was 18. Uh, then I mean, since then it's been a four and a ten. Ten this year. I mean, it hasn't been great this year, shooting 36 percent. But again, I mean, you put him in the right role. Um, you you know he's gonna get playing time. I mean, look, the Pacers were a good team. It's not like he wasn't. Um, you know excited or anything like that i guess to play um yeah and with indian you also you also he had, just kind of got he was the man in indiana for yeah. years and oh. then he just kind of he was the man before he, he was hurt. the man before the man right and then he got hurt you yeah know? and then it was he like, got right. hurt paul george became a star and then you know danny granger rode into the sunset and, yeah. I, and danny granger and you're picking up glenn davis who under who in his four years under doc rivers was a tremendous defensive player and he doc rivers got the most out of big baby it's another player that you just gotta wonder: Is he the piece that puts him over the top? Because he might be. I mean, he could. You don't. You, you him really and Granger combined might be enough. You know, coming off the bench, that's a second union to not to be messing with. Yeah, and of course, Granger only played five games last year, so that four per is kind of weird. But I um, mean, and just injuries in general is is something to read into. Interesting note, by the way, while we're on buyouts uh, and trades. The Heat apparently had an offer, Udonis Haslam, for Evan Turner. They turned it down because they wanted to stay loyal to Udonis Haslam. Wow. Well, I but, didn't... but that's who the Heat are. Like, that's why I like the Heat, actually. Like, like, I've kind of come to respect the organization because they're such a family kind of oriented organization. They they keep their own guys. They help them out. They got they went right back to like Michael Beasley. We were talking to him about a month and a half ago before the game, talking about when the Heat brought him back. Like 
within seconds that he was that the Release news broke he was. he was released Pat Riley was on the phone like we want you back man I mean it's it, it's a cool kind of thing like Udonis hasn't been there for so long and they want to keep him there it's a really interesting thing too because you know you hear about like those family atmospheres and it's one thing when the team is mediocre and they have a family atmosphere but this is working and bring, yeah. and that's a that's a Evan Turner could have helped that team a lot yeah. he would have been a great guard to come off the bench he can score he you know he's all right on defense but <laughs> To be able to replace Dwayne Wade with some minutes would be would have been amazing, and they stuck with Udonis Haslam. You know, not three, not four, not five. We'll see how it goes for him. Yeah, keeping with the family idea, they also wanted Kron Butler, who's going to end up going to the Thunder. It sounds like, but Butler was drafted by the Heat, and they still wanted him back as well. Yeah, um, thoughts on that, Kev? Him going to the Thunder. Um, I think that's a really good pickup for the Thunder. Obviously, you know, a lot of, they couldn't get Shumpert last week for that pick. Um, but I think Butler can really help them. He's been playing just for a mean, like just completely meaningless team in Milwaukee, and uh, I think this could, you know, give him a bit of a good jump start. I think so too. Um, and then of course the final buyout that's not a buyout yet, um, or it is a buyout but not a signing. Yeah, yet. he's bought. He's bought Mr., out. Mister Mr. Jimmer Fredette. Mister Fredette. Free agent, folks. Um, the leader in the or clubhouse right now seems to be Chicago, if I'm correct. You know with. DJ Augustine, right? Pretty, but they have no. Being, but they have no. They have like little cap room. Oh yeah, I'm not. It's not that they will or won't make the move. I don't think they will because you know everything I've been reading about the Bulls of late is that they are doing anything and everything they can to stay under that cat. And like it's almost, it's almost like bizarre the moves they have to make to do it. It's like roster spots that you can or you're allowed to have and right. contracts you're allowed to sign ten days. It's it's very it's very detailed CBA stuff. But I don't know if they're going to have the room to sign him, but he would really help. I definitely think Jimmer would be perfect in Chicago. Oh, absolutely. I think it's he, that's the best fit for him. And I want him much, in New York. As much, yeah, I, I want to cover him. As much as I want to see him chucking threes in the garden, I don't know that the Knicks will make that move, and I think it's better for the Bulls to. Yeah, now that Chicago has realized that their whole team is not going to go for the idea of tanking and they're up to fourth in the East, I think picking up for debt is a good idea to just bolster their playoff run. Right. I mean, that's the kind of guy who could maybe get you out of the first round, get you, you know, maybe not to five games or maybe not to six games against the Heat or Pacers, maybe to five games. You know, I, I mean, that's I, I think that's a, a reasonable expectation. I think that would be a good move for the for the uh, Bulls, but I think the GM there, Foreman. I, I just I would love to get inside his head to see you know what what's when's he willing to pull the trigger? Like, do they really think they have a chance this year? As well as they're playing, what's their attitude towards can we win the championship this year? Because you know you, you assume that it's always we're going to go for it, we're going to go for it. But is it worth it? I mean, I don't know what the money situation is, and it's interesting because it's a real game of. When do we draw the line? All right. Time to do some games here. Um, first off, Knicks and, um, Knicks and Warriors. Is Steph Curry going to go for more than 40 points? I say yes. You say? I say no. I say he's got 38. Kev? I'm, yeah, I'm going 36. I'm keeping it below as well. All right. Honestly, so. the only reason I think that is because I think they're going to blow them out so badly. That his shot, he just won't take near. He won't take the twenty-eight shots that he took last time when he scored fifty-four. I That's mean, true. I didn't think yeah. of it that way. You could be even a lot lower than that. You never know. You ta- are you taking? Uh, you taking the Warriors uh, six-point favorites? Um, of course. 
Oh, right. well, that's a, that's easy to bet in the book. Not even six debate. Months. All right, all right, just making sure. If if <laughs> betting were legal, I would put my next semester's tuition on that. Ooh, that's a that's a lot of, of money there. Um, all right, <laughs> that Cle- is bold. Yeah, Cleveland and Utah. Cleveland's a four point favorite. Well, who's you home? Know, I'm a who's Jazz home? fan, but I'm rooting for the Jazz to lose. So mm-hmm. hopefully Cleveland wins. I'll go Cle- with Cleveland. Cleveland being home, I'll take Cleveland. All right, yeah, I'll take Cleveland too. Uh, OKC uh, is home against Memphis at eight. They're six point favorites. I'm gonna take Memphis to to beat the spread there. You think so? Are they gonna beat the spread or are they gonna win yeah. the game? I don't know if they're gonna win, but I'll just I'll take them. Yeah, I agree. I think the, the Thunder's still figuring things out, and if they do win this game, it'll be closer than six. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna say the Thunder start right. to get oh, together. Yeah. How about that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that they're there yet. I, this is kind of this is kind of an interesting Friday night of games. Honestly, these are like some. I mean, well, got, Thunder Grizzlies is an awesome right. game. And now, now you got Bulls and and Mavericks oh, the, in uh, Dallas. The Mavericks confuse me. I don't know. Mavericks what to are favored by four. I got I got the Mavs. I got the Bulls. Did you see what they did against the Nuggets? Yeah. I mean, obviously the Nuggets now seem like they're bad. Yeah. But they, and they are. Looked, they are bad. No, they looked, they are bad. no, yeah, they are. But they were really. They looked really good. Like they were. It was only a five point game, and they just completely ran away with it. Yeah. No. And I've seen. I think I've seen the Mavs. And Brandon Wright's the fifth best power forward, judging by PER in the, in the <laughs> I, NBA. How funny is that? That is funny, and PER's great stat, which means it's pretty legit. But I've seen the Mavs play, and they just. They just seem like so lackadaisical. You know, they're stuck in this awesome West. If they were in the East, they'd probably be like the three or four seed. And yeah. Dirk's Dirk's aging, and I don't know if he could play as many minutes as he used to as efficiently. And so the Bulls are the Bulls are playing tremendously right now. I'm I'm on the Bulls bandwagon as far as it, as far as this goes. I'm taking the I'm Bulls. I'm usually Bulls bandwagon as well, but I'm going Dallas because I didn't throw that in there before. Oh, give me all right, all give right. me Thibs and Noah all, all right. day. I got I got Dallas. Um, Bobcats, Spurs. The Spurs are obviously an eight and a half point favorite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the Spurs to go up to win by more than well, more the, than eight and a half. The key to that is for me. Did the Spurs play yesterday? Um, yeah, and who are they playing tonight? Um, Spurs, I don't think did play yesterday. They're hosting um, the Bobcats tonight. I think they're going Wednesday. To they played because remember Leonard came back, so it really depends yeah. on who they. Kawhi throw is out there. back. That's right. Yeah, they That's did. Big news. They played Wednesday. Yeah. They didn't have to go anywhere. I'll take the Spurs. Yeah, Kawhi had a great game when he came yeah. back too. It was absolutely awesome. Another team you got to look out for in the West. This, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Come playoff time, you never know how much really, better they're going to like, be. The East is going to like stink, but the West going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of West, more West Kings at Lakers. We got two more. This is the first of two. Um, two and a half point favorite Lakers. I'm gonna take the Kings. Cover that. I'm taking the Kings. Yeah. I'm yeah. Gonna take the, the, the Kings. Lakers gonna have take... nobody left. When Kent Bazemore is one of your main options, the Bays God. Day. Oh man, the Bays. I love the Bays God. Oh, the Lakers, man. Like, what are they gonna do? I, they are just <laughs> they're Knicks West Coast right now, and it's. You know what I was thinking last night before I went to bed? Actually, like every season has a Knicks. Like it's important for every season to have a Knicks. Like last year it was the Lakers, right? Yeah. Like it was just it was just turmoil. There were such high expectations. Yeah, teams melting when they're facing high expectations is essentially what the Knicks right. are this year. Right. There I is... mean, there there is usually a Knicks every season in or every year in in some sport. Like in some sport, I saw there a re- is a Knicks. I saw a really awesome stat that it's been like eighty three years since the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Knicks all missed the playoffs in the same year. Really, and it's going to happen this I think year. It's gonna, yeah. And it's just so interesting because the, yeah, those are the three franchises in the NBA basically. All right. Don't sleep forget. on the future of the Lakers though because they're going to get a lottery pick this year and they could be in the top 3. Like, and, it's very and possible. I, I if you ask me, I think Love's going to go there too. Ooh, either, really? Yeah. Either in 2015 when he comes out or by trade. Hopefully the Lakers wait, but 
It'll be twenty four yeah. fifty. He'll be there, I think. All right, one more. We got because we got to get out of here because there's music at this station that's more important than us, um, which is true. <laughs> um, New Orleans and Phoenix, ten thirty, seven point favored Suns. I'm taking the Pellies to cover that. Is or, no, sorry, Davis the, sorry, the Hornets. Davis co- got hurt. Is yeah, the Pellies to cover. Is he that. playing? I don't. I don't think so. No, he's day to day. I think. Well, I'm, I'm taking the Pellies to cover. I'm gonna though. take the Suns. Yeah, I'm going Phoenix as well. All right, I love you know I love Dragic though. I think they're gonna win, but they're gonna win by like. Four. I love Jimmy. They're like four. I love Jimmy Fallon. We're gonna get Jimmy Fallon on this pod. His uncle played at Fordham. It's a lock. Basketball. It's a lock with Denzel. Such a lock. Kev, thanks for calling in. Seriously, we had oh, a great thank time. Thank you guys. Thanks fun. for giving me a ring. It's a fun show. All right, we're gonna we're gonna do this again next Wednesday. Wednesday, and then I'll guess. be off to the women's A10 tournament. Yeah, maybe Jimmy Fallon. Who knows? All right, from Matt Rosenfeld and Kenny Ducey. Enjoy some Friday night hoops, folks.